Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. But welcome all of you uh, to uh, the most fascinating hour at Resurrection Baptist Church. That's the Family Church School uh, Hour. You need to tell some of your friends about it. Uh, it's apparent uh, in my discourse uh, with uh, those that I meet in person, uh, Steve, uh, at church, uh, that uh, there's a great need and therefore should be a great demand for family church school. But like I said, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm certainly rejoicing, and I'm glad in it. Uh, because it's evangelism time all over again. It's, oh, Deacon Harmon, uh, Tuesday night is week six. And, and, and you know, you matriculated through that great uh, process called evangelism. Uh, uh, on Tuesday night, they're going to have a midterm exam. And, and you know, I, I may look like Ray Charles, but uh, I, I'm not Ray Charles, but I think uh, his song is appropriate. It's crying time. Oh, it's crying time again. Yes, sir. So, all of those of you that are uh, listening this morning in this class, you certainly, I'm going to give you a couple of notes. I always uh, try to uh, soothe your nerves by giving you a couple of answers. So pay close attention today. But I'm, I know you're wondering, how in the world is he going to give us anything? We're way over here in the, uh, Leviticus. Uh, yeah, that's where we're going to start today. Obedience on the Day of, a, of Atonement. Obedience on the Day of Atonement. Uh, and it is so relevant. But as we go through uh, our lesson today, I want you to keep in mind that um, it's written to you, written for you, and uh, there's certainly some applications that we can make. But remember, anytime we're in the Old Testament scriptures, uh, for the most part, we're looking at types and shadows. So those are pointers and shadows, uh, preforms for what is about to happen. So let's see what we glean today as we look at Leviticus chapter 16. Um, we're going to start with verse uh, 11 through 19. And I encourage you to uh, uh, read the context here because uh, the in chapter 16 uh, sets into uh or establishes uh, in the mind of the early readers, and certainly uh, it meant a lot more uh, because, uh, as I've mentioned so many times before, God is a God of order, and he has established the order, and since he's sovereign Lord over everything, he, uh, he expects that that order to be reciprocated especially in the worship of him and in the discipline of his people. Amen. As I stated, uh, stated earlier, that I certainly encourage you to go back and uh, at least uh, read, uh, starting with uh, verse 1 and uh, of uh, chapter 16. Uh, and, and there you will find that uh, the text that we have before us is the actual day of atonement, uh, the day uh, where the high priest was to enter uh, that one time of the year and um, atone for the sins uh, of uh, 
the nation. And uh, the verses leading up, the first 10 verses, lead up to the preparation that was made in order to uh, properly execute uh, uh, on this day of atonement. Uh, as a matter of fact, I remember very fondly uh, the late Sister Liz Kendall, uh, whenever we had uh, this discussion, uh, Deacon Harmon, she would always say, uh, I, I will always remember uh, those that, that, that thing about Day of Atonement because it was really a day when we were at one men. We were one with God. And it, it, it's certainly an interesting way to look at it because that was the purpose of it. It was to a day that God set aside. And it was, in fact, a festival. Now, just, just, just so you guys can have the, the proper context, it was a day of festival. What do people do at festivals? Was at least one thing they do at festivals? Brother Bogan, what's at least one thing they do? Eat, yeah, you're right. He got, yeah, his mouth full. He eating, that's why I called on him. Yeah, yeah, he eat at a festival. But this was a day in which there was a fast. It was a festival, but it was a fast. And it was a day in which of all the priests, uh, one is singled out, and that is the high priest. He is the officiating official on this day of atonement. Uh, it is a day, uh, as a matter of fact, in the, the original uh, institution of it, uh, the festival, uh, the Jews call it Yama, the day. Uh, it went on uh, later to be known as Yom Kippur, uh, Day of Atonement. It was in the seventh month and the tenth day. That's significant in itself. Seventh month, the seventh, the day of rest, and ten, the day of the perfect or day of completion, complete will of God. So it was on this day at that time that the high priest was to enter into the holies of hope one time a year. Now, you rascals been sinning all year long, but one time a year, the high priest and the high priest alone, there was special duty and those duties are outlined in the very beginning of uh, the chapter here and as the preparations for me. And the thing that struck me, uh, Sister Pillar, was that there was preparation of the three Ps. There was preparation of the priests, preparation for the people, and preparation for the place. And, and each one of them was laid out because God, Brother Davis, is a God of order. He don't put up with the foolishness and the casualness that, 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 that we have adopted today. And no, I'm not prescribing that we go back and we have the same practice because remember, this day of atonement 
is, is pointing to something. This day of atonement, Fred, is pointing to something that's much better. The very thing that you enjoy right now. Because one thing is pointing to, notice that it is only the high priest that is involved. The high priest alone goes into the tabernacle. This one time of year, and not only into the tabernacle, but he goes into the holies of holy, which no one, the holy priest, I mean, the, the high priest did that. And it's interesting, Sister Ogletree, that in one of our previous studies, this same high priest Aaron, sons were killed because they tried to execute the duties of a priest. Y'all remember Abihu and Nadab? These boys were taken out because they improperly performed a ceremony in the tabernacle. God is a God of order. And you're going to do it his way. The loneliness of the, uh, the, the high priest here uh, could symbolize the isolation that was required. But remember I told you the preparation was for the priest. Today, we're going to start our presentation with verse 11 of chapter 16 that shows what happens after that preparation was made. Priest is all cleaned up. You know, he had to wear, he didn't have, he could not wear his, you know, that royal ephod garment. You know, he had to put on lawns. You know, uh, he had to, uh, warning, warning, here comes a test question. He had to, uh, 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 as a Old Testament symbol, uh, 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 take off all the vestures of glory and, and put on the vestures of a common uh, priest. In other words, it uh, sounds to me like the parabolic model. He had the mind, uh, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with uh, God, but uh, uh, came down, condescended. See, the high priest now condescends, pointing. And it's only Christ that came down, and it's only the high priest that atoned for sin one time. Uh, yeah, told you it was types and shadows. Warning, warning. Okay, um, let's see. But uh, Sister Samuels, if you're there, would you uh, open up for me? Do you have your book? Okay, you said 11? Uh, yeah, do uh, 11 and 16, 12. 11. Four, yeah, uh, 16, 11, uh, and 12. And what we're going to see here is who the priest makes atonement for. Remember, he made the preparation. Look at uh, verses 1 through 6, uh, 1 through 4, and uh, the, the first part of the chapter there. But uh, now we're at the Day of Atonement, and let's see who he makes atonement for. Leviticus 16, starting at verse 11, and Aaron shall bring the bullock, bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and shall make an atonement for himself and for his house, 
and shall mm -hmm. kill the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself. And he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from off the altar before the Lord, and his hands full of sweet incense beaten small, and bring it within the veil. Before he can atone for the people's sin, he got to be right. Amen. Oh, that, 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 oh, let me tell you something. That'll teach all over this land. That, that, that'll preach all over this land. The high priest, the, the high priest, we're not talking about the regular priest. We're not talking about the regular Levitical priest, Fred. We're talking about number one, Uno. He has to make preparation. He has to wash. He has to change his clothing. He has to become as a, a, a common man. And he has to go into the holies of holy. He has to go into the tabernacle. And he has to bring incense. And he has to bring the blood of a bullock. And he has to atone for the sins for his sins and the sins of his house. My God, my God. What, 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 a, what a lesson. Because God says that he uses, he takes the Levitical order to show us that the government, uh, that the community that he had now called out, Israel, his chosen people, he has given them a prescription for worship, and sin is still pervasive. And so one time a year, this day of atonement was to be executed by the priest coming in and atoning for his sin, his household sins, before he does anything else. It tells us today that our church leaders have got to come. When they're going to pray for you, when, 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 when your pastor is going to pray for you, when your uh, prayer warrior is going to pray uh, for you and with you, they got to be ready. They got to be ready. You can't have someone who does not believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ praying for you. Oh, y'all, oh, y'all, see, y'all, that, that was a fastball there, there uh, 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 Digging Armor. That was a fastball because, see, we, you know, we just said that anybody can. No, God, the standard is just the same. He's just showing you under law, only one person did it. But under grace, we all are part of the royal priesthood. That's how you can go boldly to the Lord every day. You don't have to wait for Yom Kippur. Your atonement should be made every day. And what, what happens is that it was a single day that Jesus atoned for your sin nature. That's why you don't go too long in your prayers without asking for forgiveness of sins. 
But Christ has already been the ultimate sacrifice. But in Leviticus here, we're seeing the Old Testament scripture pointing to what was to come. Because sin was rampant. God cannot commune with sin. And on one day of the year, it was set aside that, first of all, the priest would atone for himself. Mr. Brown, 13 and 14. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony, <laughs> excuse me, that he, that, that he die not. And he shall take of the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it with his finger upon the mercy seat eastward. And before the mercy seat shall he sprinkle of the blood with his finger seven times. I want you to pay close attention to verse 13 there. And I want you to see that phrase in the latter clause that starts with that the cloud of the incense may what? Cover. Did y'all see that? Mm -hmm. oh, come on, Terry J. Did, 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 did you see that? Yes, cover the mercy. See, what was happening is the blood is sprinkled over the mercy seat on the day of atonement. And what it did, what it represented was a covering. Oh, somebody better help me. See, because before Christ, that's all any sacrifice could do, Sister Pillow, was cover. It pointed to the redemptive efforts, Davis. I, I saw I saw that aha uh -huh man go on over your head. I saw that light bulb go on. It pointed to the time when redemption would be complete. Not just covered, but, but, but the blood that was shed on Calvary would not only cover, but wash away the sin. It would remove all guilt and stain. But until Christ comes, the day of atonement, the sprinkling of the blood was simply a cover. It, it covered. It, it, it masked it. It covered it. But God's redemptive plan for man, you know, the one that's made in his image, was not just to cover the sin, not to fig leaf the sin, but to remove the sin. That, that was for free. Mr. Brown, next verse, 15. Then, then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people and bring his blood within the wall and do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bullock and sprinkle it upon the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. Notice that in the previous four verses, this was all atoning of himself. for the priests. This is to get the priests right. This is, is to say, Lord, 
I've seen. And, and before I go and uh, represent, be your representative for the people, God says, priest, you got to be right. Now that you have atoned for your sin, I want you to do the same thing for the people. I want you to be the representative alone. Not, not, not all the priests, you. You washed up, cleaned up, you sanctified yourself. Now go and make a sacrifice for the people. And so once a year, this priest, this high priest, got to perform this duty. And he did it on behalf of the priest, uh, uh, the, himself, and he did it on behalf of the people to atone for their sin. I'm telling you, this was very inadequate. But it was a pointer. It was a signpost. It was, it was a process in, uh, uh, it was a step rather, in the redemptive process. It's pointing to the priest has got to be sanctified. His sins got to be uh, remitted. Shedding the blood, the bullock is killed, the incense is, you know, and, and one of the things I didn't point out about this incense is that it, it, it was uh, it, uh, uh, primarily two uh, uh, products and uh, uh, very sweet uh, odor uh, that was crushed finely, but, uh, you know, you, you couldn't use it for anything else. You, you couldn't use it to, to sanitize your house. It was only to be used in this, the sacrifice, the burning of incense in the, in the tabernacle. Set aside. See, not common use. Everything makes sense when you start looking at it. You may say, man, that Leviticus is something else. Yeah, it, it is. Leviticus is a tough uh, book in the Bible. As a matter of fact, it's been described as the bloodiest book in the Bible because there is a lot of blood, but there's a lot of sin. And God shows us that. He looks on it as that, you know, you, you can't make yourself right, you know, uh, that has that, and, and it was true then, and it's true now. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So when you get squeamish about all these bulls and goats and lambs that are sacrificed, it, it was necessary because all this sin abounds. Sin abounded. Sin didn't even take a holiday. And it doesn't now. You, you can rest if you want to, but sin is not going to rest. Sin is always out there lurking. So, we've made the sacrifice for the priest. We made the sacrifice for the people, and we continue in verse 16 and 17. And he shall make an atonement for the holy place 
because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of the... Minister Brown, could you hold yes. up just a minute? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go back to um, 16. It's the same for the people as it was for the priest, that it simply was a covering, a covering of their sin. 16. And he shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the, of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions in all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. And there shall be no man in the tabernacle of the congregation when he goeth in to make an atonement in the holy place until he come out and have made an atonement for himself and for his household and for all the congregation of Israel. God says, in verse 16, this is why we need to do it. Sin is rampant. I'll not commune with sin. I'll not fellowship with sin. And once a year, the lone high priest would go into the temple and he would make this sacrifice for himself and for the people. Because what, Sister Pillow? They were sinful. And a holy God cannot, will not wink at sin. And so prior to <clears throat> grace, this was the only avenue. There was only one way, and it was God's way. Now, some of you, even in this uh, family church school class today, may think, how gruesome, why? Well, I tell you what, if and when you get to heaven, you ask God. But I guarantee you, those of you who are saved, and when you get to heaven, you will not ask that question. You know why? Because you'll know. You, you'll walk through uh, 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 the door and you'll say, God, why? Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> That's it. You, you'll know. Paul says it. We see through the glass darkly now. And I'm seeing very darkly right now, but you, we see through a glass darkly. But one day we will know as we are known that we will know what God knows. And all of this will make sense. But he had to give it, get us to a point. And when we see all this sin and we see all that blood, it had to happen. Every sin that man could commit had to occur before Jesus would come. Because when Jesus comes, He's going to settle this once and for all in one day. There will be no more repeats. It will not be an annual thing, Fred. He did it in one day. So all these years of the sacrifices and, 
and, and, and the blood of animals. It pointed to a system that was much better. And, 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 and one of the lessons that you can draw now, even when you are going through tough times now, Sister Lovelace, Marnie, Bogan, Harriet, Barbara Johnson, Davies, when, when you're going through a tough time now, it's going to be better. It's always pointing to the grace that is ahead of you. That's all the Old Testament did. It says it's it's a bloody mess now. And there will be some blood, but there will be less of it. Because there will there be one that comes and he will shed his blood. And that it will be a priest of the highest order. As a matter of fact, they call him high priest, the high priest. He's called Jesus. He would come and make the ultimate sacrifice. And guess what? He wouldn't have to do it for himself. As a matter of fact, he who knew no sin became sin for us, got on a cross, shed his precious blood that we would have eternal life. That we would never again when we kill the bull or lamb, it was for consumption, not sacrifice. Because the lamb's blood had already been shed, has already been shed once and for all. The perfect priest who knew no sin, those priests that went in that tabernacle during those days, they were sinful. And God says, before you offer anything in atonement, you got to be right. If you ain't right, the people are not going to be right. So I know some of you start all about you need to be careful who prays for you. Yeah, because you, you ought to be. From those who do not know Jesus Christ is the Lord and personal Savior. The only prayer that God hears from them is, Lord, save my soul. That's the first prayer he hears. Because we are sinful. We have a sinful nature. We were born in sin, conceived in sin. Man is a sinner, cannot save himself. There are none righteous, no, not one. And under the Mosaic Covenant, under the law, it required the remission of sin. Well, you're not going to kill the people. That's annihilation. When Adam and Eve sinned, Brother Davis, God didn't kill them. But an animal had to be sacrificed in order to cover their bodies. Come on, y'all help me now. That, that, yeah, they got four or five questions there, Sister Pillow, you know. I, I'll be looking for y'all on Tuesday night. So, here we go. We, 
We see the priest had to atone. He made preparation, first of all, for himself. He made preparation for the people. Now, let's look at uh, 18 and 19, uh, Sister uh, Minister Brown, as we go. And he shall go out unto the altar that is before the Lord and make mm -hmm. an atonement for it. And uh -huh. shall take, take of the blood of the bullock and of the blood of the goat and put it upon the horns of the altar round about. Mm -hmm. And he shall sprinkle of the blood upon it with his finger seven times and cleanse it and hollow it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. Ah. Y'all read it. Y'all know what it means. The priest didn't only have to be sanctified and clean. The people didn't have to be, not only had to be sanctified and clean, the place, the tabernacle. If, because you carrying your sin. As a matter of fact, I think that's, you know, one of the great ministries of the church, uh, Deacon Newsom, is the uh, 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 facilities uh, ministry. Simply because, they, yeah, they do do a great service, but, you know, you get all them sinners in there. You remember worship under the purpose-driven paradigm. You know, uh, worship is for the crowd. And so you got people coming in there every day. And that's why an invitation needs to always be given. You don't need to run through an invitation because there's somebody who has entered a, a designated space, a, 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 a consecrated space, and when sinners do that, then the place becomes, and especially in the under the Mosaic law, because place, physical locality, geography was very important. But it was pointing to a space. Watch this, Minister Brown. It was pointing to a space. And you know what that space is? Oh, wait a minute. Everybody who got a, 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 a got their cameras on and can see everybody, uh, just look, just just uh, focus on one or two people that say that on this Zoom that say they are filled with the Holy Ghost. We need to cleanse that space because our bodies are the temple in which the Holy Ghost occupies. Come on, friend. Amen. Uh, Regina, would you come with me? Would you walk with me here? Because th this Old Testament that everybody is trying to run away from, uh, you know, we always trying to run away from something that we call old. Well, would you be surprised that Jesus never said anything new in the New Testament? I, I've, I've read it. I, I, I've read it. I've, I've read it. I, I've read it from Genesis to Revelation. He always said, and the scriptures say, and the scriptures say, and those things that seemed revolutionary and new that weren't stated were simply a clarification of things that we didn't understand in the Old Testament. Somebody better help me today. God says, consecrate that the people of God, those men, those women, those 
boys and even some girls I've called out, they have to sanctify themselves. They have to live unto the Lord. And that be, before you can start petitioning and praying with uh, 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 other folk, you've got to be right. But then he says, folk, you've got to be right. You've got to accept Christ. You've got to have the Holy Ghost, the comforter inside you, dwelling inside you so that the space is consecrated. <clears throat> it all pointed to Christ coming. It was, an it was inadequate. Yes, there was a lot of blood, but there was a lot of sin. But one day, this Leviticus 16 pointed so much that it pointed its face right at the face that it was a signpost for. He was known as Jesus. John says he was there in the beginning with God and he was God. And John says that, and lo and behold, the word became flesh and he dwelt among us and that same word that dwelt among us Jesus the Christ the anointed one lived died and was resurrected he lived and he died he died a miserable death his blood was shed blood ran down forehead side feet Blood ran. And that was the day that the atonement for all our sins was complete and perfect. No more bulls, no more goats, no more lambs. But we can be thankful for the system that was in place because remember, before Christ, before Christ, there had to be some system in place. And as inadequate as it was, it sufficed until Christ came. Obedience on the day of atonement. I'll take away. I'll take away is that we should always be mindful of sin and we should always be willing, eager, and passionate plea for the forgiveness of sins. But before we ask for forgiveness of sins, we must ask for forgiveness of sin. There is a difference. Because your sin will send you to hell. Your sins won't necessarily send you to hell. The basic doctrine, folk, y'all know what I'm talking about. See, Regina got an aha moment. She Regina Regina said, I better go look at my notes again. But yeah, we're born sinners. But Christ died for that sin. And he also died for all those sins. But he makes a condition. I'll die for your sin. And you never have to ask me to forgive you again. 
but for your sins, I want you to be cognizant. I want you to sanctify yourself by coming and asking for forgiveness each and every time you do it. It's a perfect system now. See you guys in church.